0: Welcome to the second episode of the Roots for Growth podcast, where we have great conversations about growing through change, resilience, mindful living, and it's about sparking your curiosity. Um, My intention is to share learning and inspiration and to connect with what's important in your life. And for this episode, I'm delighted to welcome Gaynor Hogg, who is a celebrant, and to tell you a little bit about her. And she embraces all kinds of ceremony and has been drawn to this work after many years of feeling trapped in a life that was not in alignment with who she is um, or in any way fulfilling. And Gay says she has found such freedom in being herself. So what a great place to start conversation. And also, um, well, we've been friends for several years now and, and experienced a lot of different um, development and, and uh, personal journey together. Um, And also that, um, Gay, you were in the book, um, Roots for Growth, and you told us about where you were then and what came to mind when we were talking about your story. So I'm wondering if you would like to say something about that, where you were then and what's been happening for you since then.
1: Yes, of course. And first of all, thank you for inviting me along. Um, So, yes, it's been one hell of a journey. And I was actually looking at the book today and I, I read... The piece that you you know I'd, I'd done for the book, um and I must admit I haven't looked at it recently. So it was it was it was quite a surprise when I, I read it, and I was like, oh my, there's so much that happened, and I'm in such a different place. And even when I did the book, I I knew I was in a very different place from from that previous time. So it's just struck struck me how how growth happens without you always actually being aware that it's happening yeah Uh, sometimes it's only when you're looking back or hindsight that you think wow I just didn't realize that's where I was at that time so such a great reference point to go back to
0: Mm. and when you say growth happens in the way that you've just described it in what ways have you grown in that time
1: well I look back at what I was writing then and I I knew that I'd, I'd come a long way definitely from, from over the years with all the training that we've done and um, the new networks and people that I was mixing with. Um, and, and I look at my life now, I think I mentioned in the book that I knew I was on the edge of, of, of something new. The coaching had been great for me. It had given me this new perspective. It had taught me a lot about myself, but it wasn't particularly... A calling that I thought it was because the more I did it the less it felt that I wanted to do a business. So I knew I was on the edge of something. And that something that I was on the edge of was becoming a celebrant. Mm-hmm. And I was reluctant to say it was a calling and a vocation because I'd said that about coaching. Um and I suppose at the point I just didn't want people judging saying, oh here she goes again. But I just knew there was something in it. There was just I just knew and I did my training. And the first lot of training I did was for end-of-life services. Um, And then I went straight on to do the family and couples training. So that would be more, you know, your your weddings, vow renewals, baby naming, things like that.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: And it just incorporated all this, all what I love, you know, writing, people, um, and it actually brought out my spirituality more. Which was not what I was expecting necessarily. Um, but it was just just lovely to be able to release that and start to really understand how I was growing and what I was growing into um, and, and still am' definitely still am. Yeah. but this the spirituality side is it was lovely to be able to actually finally let that out mm. and recognize it.
0: yeah. <laughs> And and that spirituality and and when you say let that out, what impact has that had for you and the people around you as well?
1: I would say it's been massive. I've always felt that there's something bigger than us. Um, you know, I always, I think, probably mentioned before, but I always found that um, for me, mindfulness was about walking in nature and connecting with nature. Um, and there's something around. Just realizing that there's something much, you know, an oak tree always becomes an oak, uh, an acorn always becomes an oak tree, mm-hmm. you know. The seasons, when we're when none of us are here, the world will carry on. The seasons will still carry on.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: In, in my mind, you know, and it all happens without us. In fact, all we do is probably um, create problems for it as human beings. Mm-hmm. But when we're actually, when I'm actually out in nature, I can just. I feel a a, a real deep sense of connection. Um, So yeah, I think that's, so I was always sort of connected to nature, but even more so now it feels, and also now it's more about um, thinking about our ancestors as well, and those that have gone before, and not just, you know, Nan and Grandad, and that great Nan and Grandad, but like all down the line, all the way back. and that these souls are with us, for me. Mm-hmm. So that they're with us and they're guiding us and they're around us and it's all part of the universe taking taking care of us. And it's about being able to trust, trust in all that that's out there and not trying to control. Um, so for me, I feel that, Starting a new business was obviously, as it is for anyone, it's a bit of a worry. You know, is it going to work? How am I going to do this? And, you know, the financial side of it. But I've trusted all the way along that it's going to happen. Yeah. Um, and there's times I've been obviously really concerned that, you know, and doubt, you know, doubt comes in there. You know, as much as I want to trust, it's like, really? Should I be doing this? And then then I have to calm the mind. So then it's, you know, going back to some mindfulness and actually relaxing. And and if I calm the mind, it just leaves space for new stuff to come through and for that worry to just evaporate, really, Mm -hmm. and allow what's going to happen to happen. That's not to say not to work at things and not to try not to do things, but but to give up on all the worry of it. And mm-hmm. um, because that's just what, for me, holds me back. It, it, you know, it, 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 and I think for most, for many people, they just live in the head too much. And I certainly did. But I feel like now I'm living from the heart. Mm. And it's such a nicer way to live. And I'm so... Grateful for everything that I've got and everyone in my life. And I'm just, I feel truly blessed that I feel totally happy now. Um, And that's not an external happiness. That's an internal happiness. That's being at peace with myself.
0: So, yeah. It's funny when you say that, because that that really came across and when you were talking there. And it took me right back to the moment when you, you told me you were going to train to become a celebrant, and you said it with such peace and conviction is the word that comes to mind as well. Mm. And I'm wondering, how did you know that that's what you wanted to do?
1: I had no idea that's what I wanted to do. It found me. Um, I, was, I was still working in the financial industry, really frustrated and unhappy. And, happy. and um, there'd been a, a girl that I'd worked with who had actually was doing celebrancy work and I didn't really know an awful lot about it and I knew she was doing this but she was still working at um you know the same company that I was at and she was just doing it part-time and then someone said to me that she'd actually left to become a celebrant and was working uh getting paid work for it and I thought well I'm sure you have to be self-employed for that and you know funeral directors don't actually employ you you're just mm-hmm. self so I was curious to know what it was she was doing, because I knew that she, because she'd left, she'd actually got a job doing something. And um, she. it turned out she was living in Bonerig, which was where I was living at the time. Yeah. So I, I messaged her and just said, so, you know, really interested to see what you're up to. And that, do you want to meet up? And we did, we met and had a coffee and, and she's a great lady. And uh, she was telling me that it was, she hadn't left, she had done the celebrancy work and had enjoyed it, but she'd lost her husband two years prior. And she was finding it very difficult to do that work while she was still grieving. Oh, yes. So she'd got a job as a funeral arranger. So when you go into the, the actual funeral um, directors, it's normally the person that actually does the arranging of the funeral for you. Mm-hmm. Um, but that hadn't worked out for her either because she had ended up having to work in different parlours in different places and, and it wasn't, it wasn't fitting right with us, so she left. But as she talked about it and, and actually she, she talked not negatively, but she, she she had things to say that if you weren't sure you wanted to be doing this thing, you could easily be put off. So if it was if it was just something that you were considering because you thought oh good job mm-hmm. what she was telling me she would have really put me off. But as she was talking to me, I was like, No, I, I yeah, no this I I wanna do this. Yeah. This is I'd be really good at this. And this feels like, and the more I thought about it and the more I started looking into it, I was like, oh my God, yeah, this is this would be great. I think I'd be really good at this and I'd love it. Mm-hmm. So I started looking at training, looked at lots of different training programs, some down south, some you know, here, uncle's COVID had kicked in, so it's all online. And there was one lady, um, Lindy Irving, that was I'd come across and I just kept coming back to her. I just felt there was a connection there. Mm-hmm. Got in touch with her and um, she does like a little interview with you just to make sure you, it's really what you want to do. And just we took chatting to her and, and it just sort of went from there. Mm-hmm. So... Yeah, and then after the training, obviously, we were really into COVID by that time, so we couldn't go and visit the funeral directors or whatever. So the work's been sort of slowish coming in, because it's taken a while for us to get to a stage where we can actually get out and see the funeral directors and let them, let them know that we're here,
0: mm-hmm.
1: or for me to let them know I'm here. And I've struck up a relationship with one at the moment that I get services for, and I've got bowel renewals booked for next year, and mm-hmm. um, weddings and stuff, so... Yeah. And it's also led on, which is really exciting for me. It's also led on to, um, in fact, in a couple of weeks, I'm going down to Somerset mm-hmm. to start my training as an interfaith minister, mm. which is a spiritual minister as opposed yeah. to a religious minister. Ah. So that's a two year course that I'm really looking forward to, because I think there's going to be a lot of learning, delving and discovery in there. Mm. And it's a real, it's, mm.
0: it's, um, a personal exploration of um you know your own spirituality as well as bringing that to other people and building on the ceremonies that you already do isn't it yeah Mm. definitely yes and you talked about ceremony earlier on as well and um i'm thinking for people listening as well they might not know much about what you do or what's what's possible and the significance of ceremony for you so um you know what sorts of things are important when you're with a family or a couple, and you're you're talking to them about the ceremony and you're planning it. What sorts of things
1: yeah, are I, I think ceremony is for me. It's really important now, not not so much in the past, but now um, it really is. And I think back, you know, when you think about tribes, years back, you know, we have been having ceremony for hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years. Mm-hmm. You know when there was tribes that's how a wedding would be would everyone would come together or a new baby and everyone would come together um for a pregnant mother there would be the the, the women of the tribe would come together with the pregnant mother mm-hmm. and pass on advice and information and be there to support her and it's that community support of ceremony mm-hmm. You know, so, and there's many different ways of doing ceremonies, you know, very at the moment, you know, a lot of people like to have a hand fasting, which is an old sort of Celtic kind of wrapping of the hands, tying the knot, um, and drinking from the quake, and all all different things to actually have a ritual within that ceremony to make it meaningful. Um, And I think we've kind of lost it a bit, you know, I think for a lot of people, certainly I used to think this you know, you think of a wedding and most people think they're there for the booze and the the party and the Mm. dancing, you know, and you go through that bit where they get married and all that's all very nice, but let's get on with it. Mm -hmm. And it's sacred. It should be a sacred ceremony. It doesn't need to be religious. It just needs to be special and it needs to have meaning and depth and, you know, the important question to ask couples is, why are you getting married? Mm-hmm. And if it's just for the dress and if it's just for the drink and it's just for the party, just have a party. Yeah. And not bother with the other bit. Just go down the registry office, do the legal bit, and then just have a party. Mm-hmm. But for some reason, but they want that. They want the, the ceremony, but they don't always... Understand the importance of why they. Yeah.
0: So there's it, it, so the ceremony is is much broader than that that you're actually getting to know, the couple or the family, and what they're about. It sounds very personal as well.
1: It, it really is. It really is. And, and you know, we don't really think of end of life ceremonies, a funeral as a as a ceremony, but, but really it is. It's, it's a way of us saying goodbye. Mm-hmm. somebody you know, and when I go to families it's very much which is part of the job I love I love going into families and being able to hold that space for them while they're in that moment of you know deep grief and and actually listening to them and learning about that family and it, it's, it's amazing just watching people how they how they interact and how they function as a family and this, you know, because every family is different because we're all unique, we're all different. Yeah. Um, so, so it's a really interesting job as well. It's really interesting to see how these families interact together. Um, and sometimes they're fractured and sometimes there's friction and sometimes they're really close. The one thing I do notice quite often, though, is um, with when it's an elderly person that's died. Mm-hmm. Little the families know about them when they're when they're young, how that person when they're young. Yeah. You know, they, they often know about when they were a kid, what their mum or their dad was like, but when it comes to talking about the mum or dad's school years or school friends, or where some don't even know where their parents were born.
0: All right. So what would you what would you say? Because I remember you did speak to me about this before. What would you say to people who are listening ab- about that and about those stories?
1: Oh, get curious. Get curious about everyone because you never know when it's somebody's time to go. Mm. They don't have to be in their 80s, you know. So get curious about everyone and find out more about what you don't know about them. Think about what, what is it I don't know about this person yeah. and find out. Even start to write your own eulogy. Mm. or or notes about where you were born and memories that come to you yeah because when a family are in grief it's hard for them to think of of stories Mm -hmm. the memories don't always come flooding back straight away it's later when they're moving through grief that, that often the memories come and there's nothing better I think than when I'm doing a service that I find that the person that died actually chose the music Oh, yes. or, or they wrote a bit of the story. I'm actually delivering this how they want it.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I'm not guessing and I'm not trying to extract from the family and trying to put it together and hope that I'm reflecting this person as they really are or really mm-hmm. were. This is them telling me. This is what I like, this is what I did, this is, you know, and it's it's a real honor to be able to to just do this job and be there for people. And I love it. Absolutely
0: love it. I can tell, and um mm. some of you are likely listening to the audio of this, but the the, the beaming look on Gate's face <laughs> while you're talking about it. Um and, and I have a, such a sense of celebration of life as well from what you're describing.
1: Mm. Yeah, um. I mean, I'm an independent celebrant at the moment. So if a family want religion, um, you know, they could have a prayer or they can have a hymn in there, that's really not a problem. But most families are want non-religious services. But then again, it, it, again, it's like, often when you speak to people, it's like, I don't want a religious service, but, but it's not because they don't believe in any, they don't believe that mm-hmm. when they die, that's it. They believe there's something bigger but they just don't know what it is mm-hmm. um but they don't want to talk about god or have god to them through through someone of religion mm-hmm. so it gives us it's, it's lovely to have that freedom that we can i can do a service exactly how a family it. so if they want a prayer or they want a hymn in it if they want lots of religion then yeah go to a priest or a vicar or a minister but if you just want a bit or if you want none, then, then I can deliver exactly what you want. And that's what the aim of my job is, is to, to give people the ceremony the service that, that they want. And they get to read through the script and make changes and that. And if there's anything in there, if I've made any assumptions that they don't think is, reflects their, their loved one, then, then we change it. Yeah. change it because it needs to change until we get it how they want it. Mm -hmm.
0: and now now that you've had those experiences of um you know building on your training and and actually being out with each unique family and the unique people that they are saying goodbye to or celebrating you know the the Mm. uh, various ceremonies for hand fasting and vows and things that you have um going back to the first point you said there about growing through time um, what would you say is significant now and next in your life that, um, you know, building on that theme again of growing through, through change, what comes to mind? Yeah. Um, I think
1: there, there will be further growth. Of course, there will be further growth. Um, I'm not, you know, now that I've, I think once you start growing, you you it's you can't, you can't ungrow and you can't stop um before you start that journey of growth, you probably don't do a lot of it, but once you start, it's almost like being on a train that's got no no destination. It just you just keep going. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think for me, obviously I think that becoming the doing the interfaith minister training is going to be a really interesting period of growth because there's going to be a lot of self-exploration in that. Mm-hmm. Um, and time, you're embarking on something new and moving in a direction that's making you feel that you're i was going to say a better person but that's actually not it it's you're moving in a direction of doing this because i'm thinking of flowering i'm thinking of like a flower opening and, and the more you know, you, you go down your journey, it's almost like the flower opens even more. Mm-hmm. It You can't help but influence other people or have an effect on other people in a good way. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, you choose, choose people to be in your circle who are very like-minded and, and they help you and you help them and, and this all happens without you even consciously being aware of it, I think. And it's it's like a, a spider's web that's getting bigger and bigger and stretching and stretching. And, you know, you're catching these, it's not flies, it's new people in it. And they're like, <laughs> oh, and then they're building a new web and they're, they're catching other people in the web. And they're like, oh, well, I'm going to be like that too. And then, yeah. <laughs> and, and it's, it's how we change the world. It kind of feels like it's how we change. It's how, Yeah. It's through that you can make change.
0: Mm-hmm. Definitely. Well, it's thank you so much for sharing in your own words um, insights about what you do and what led you to there um, and and food for thought about life and about celebrating life all the way through um, mm. our experiences. And um, it's been lovely to, to have that, you know, when you talked about the web there and the connections, to sit with you and notice how you are when you are, fully embracing your 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 work and your your personal growth as well and um, so thank you for for uh, taking part today and i'm wondering if you would like to let people know where they can get in touch with you if they wanted to follow up or follow what you're posting and so on because i do know you post videos and insights and things for people
1: i do and uh first of all thank you so much for for chatting with me today it's been lovely yeah. Um, if people want to get in touch my website is www.gainahogceremonies.com mm-hmm. um, if they want to contact me my email is gaina at gainahogceremonies.com mm-hmm. sorry, yeah .com and uh, Facebook is Gainahog Ceremonies so mm-hmm. follow me on Facebook I also have a page called Over Yonder um, and that's more dedicated to um around death so that sounds really exciting and everyone thinks oh no but it's more about education around the way we think of death um and i'm going to be doing interviews with people from different cultures looking at the way they think and treat death um so it's more of a more like an educational page
0: yeah yeah and thought provokers as well i would say i follow that page and um the things that you've said it's like gently gently planting a seed or sharing an idea that, that has left me reflecting so um yeah it's a, it's a lovely page to follow so thank you again and um, I, i'll say thank you to the listeners as well this has been roots for growth podcast and it accompanies my book called roots for growth and um, you don't have to have read it to follow what we're doing but we are talking about the themes of resilience mindful living and growing through change and i'm anna bell thank you for listening